Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. For new listeners, welcome. For our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast 9 and 3 quarters topic of the week is, is it wrong to enslave house elves? Hi listeners, I'm Jem, and today I'm arguing that it is wrong to enslave house elves. And I'm Rhea, and this week I'm arguing that enslaving house elves is fine. Uh, see, I've already won. Just from the title of this episode, I've won because we use the word enslave. <laughs> I agree immediately. It sounds like I'm on a really, really bad. Oh, it sounds like my position is just terrible. <laughs> All right, getting into that. Uh, mm. To begin, I'd just like to refresh our memory on house elves and just a few facts that I found uh, poignant for this episode. So tell us about elves. uh, First of all, house elves, they possess powers and capabilities that wizards and witches do not. So example, they can apparate into places that witches and wizards can't. Uh, Mm. They have one less magic and they can wield forces that are unknown to wizards. So the example that they used for that was um, when Dobby the house elf basically blasted Lucius Malfoy across the room. House elves, they're subject to ministry law But more importantly, they must obey their master, for that is the house elf's highest law. So that's an interesting sort of, uh, you can have a conflict of interest there. House elves must punish themselves when they disobey or are disloyal or do actions Mm -hmm. without the permission of their master. Mm -hmm. They have no rights of their own. Underline bold italics. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) When elves are mistreated, they are likely to try and use any loophole to disobey their master's orders. The house elves enjoy hard work. They feel insulted about getting paid, having time off, or clothes, or a pension. This is the regular house elf. I mean, there's always black sheep, but in general. Release from their work or their families or houses can cause a mental breakdown in the house elf, as was seen by Winky when she was released from Barty Crouch. Mm -hmm. So, house elves have an average life expectancy of 200 years. Oh, God, they live so long. Um, Yeah. They cannot be ordered to kill themselves. They breed infrequently and only with their master's permission. That's a huge red flag. That is such a red flag. Controlling a population's uh, breeding habits and, like, uh, ability to raise children and keep children is Mm. marked by the UN as a, like, um, inciting genocide or tolerating genocide. Like, that's... Being complicit in genocide? That's that's, really nasty. It's fine. (laughs) It's all fine. Um, And my last point. House elves have an allegiance to a home rather than the inhabitants. Now, this is a question mark because it's unclear if, like, house elves are committed to the house that they uh, work in or rather the inhabitants of the house. I think it's a bit of both. I think it depends on the situation. Yeah. Because, for example... Mm. um, Creature is more loyal to the House of Black than he is to Sirius, but when his ownership gets yeah. passed to Harry Potter, he's more loyal to Harry Potter because he has to be. There is no longer a House of Black, so there's nothing to pledge his loyalty to there. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so my first argument for why it's wrong to enslave House Elves mm-hmm. is, first of all, uh, as I mentioned before, House Elves have no rights, so it's a rights issue. House Elves have no liberties or freedoms to be able to express themselves in the way that they actually want to with their own autonomy, which is a rights issue. I would say it's a human human rights issue, but that's not true because it's a house elves rights issue. So if they were to desire or demand for rights or respect, they would be ostracized not only from the wizarding community because no wizard would want to hire them, well, no Mm -hmm. average wizard anyway, but they'd also be ostracized from their own community because they'd be seen by other house elves as like 
inappropriate, as demanding things of their master that's like out of their station and things like that. Yeah, and like a disgrace to their own kind, asking for pay and things like that. So most wizards, they don't regard the opinions or feelings of house elves as legitimate or even relevant or equal to wizards in any way. And they're given no options. So literally, what's the, are there any other jobs for a house elf besides serving wizard kind? No. There's no <laughs> options. Like, they're born into slavery and they live as a slave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my first argument. Yeah. Do you have anything to say against that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I'm doing it, listeners. It I'm about to do it. Okay, here we go. I believe that it is okay to enslave house elves because doing anything else is disrespectful to them. Oh dear. There we go. <laughs> house elves are not human and we shouldn't treat them like humans, okay? <laughs> it's, <laughs> sorry, it's hard to get my words out <laughs> because they're so ridiculous, but <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> it's racist to assume that human culture and society is the best way to live and that all other beings should conform to our way of living. So we value things like freedom and equality, but uh, maybe you shouldn't try and force that on the house elves, okay? They have their own way of living and we shouldn't fuck with it. The centaurs know this. Centaurs are intelligent, sentient creatures that are just as complicated and worthy of recognition as human beings. But they don't want to associate with human beings because we're stupid and arrogant and we don't treat them respectfully. So they just keep themselves separate. They have their own society, their own ways, and they don't try and fuck with us. And that's fine. Like, I don't think humans should come along and be talking to centaurs and be like, oh, you have to integrate into human society and you have to uphold our values and our laws. (laughs) No, I'm not letting you talk. I'm still going to keep going. (laughs) News flash. Yeah. House elves are already integrated into wizard society. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just using centaurs as an example. I'm just saying, <laughs> centaurs shouldn't be treated like humans. Centaurs should be treated like centaurs. And house elves shouldn't be treated like humans. They should be treated like house elves. Okay? <laughs> I'm not saying... Like, did you literally hear me say that this isn't a human rights issue? It's a house elves rights issue? Yeah, I was hoping that you wouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm not saying that they should be treated... Like humans, I'm saying they should be treated with dignity, like all creatures should. I mean, mm-hmm. just because you have a dog and it's not a human, that doesn't mean that you can neglect and abuse it. I mean, people still do that, but it's wrong ethically and legally. <laughs> yeah. But it's. But it would be equally <laughs> wrong. <laughs> it would be equally oh, wrong no. to treat that dog as if it's an actual human being and try and force it to live like a human being. So. I'm not not saying that we shouldn't. (laughs) Okay, how are you defining that we treat human beings specifically? Is it like, okay, so I'm saying that we should treat, we should allow ourselves to have the freedoms that their autonomy grants them. They are sentient creatures. They think and feel for themselves. So they have their own desires and needs and wants, even if they're maybe not allowed to express those desires. So I'm saying that house cells should be able to act on their own desires. I'm not saying that I'm giving them what their desires and that they should act on the desires that I'm telling them to act on, because that's just as bad as a master telling its slave what to do in the first place. I'm not telling house elves how they should live, but based on how I think they should live. I'm saying that house elves should be able to live how they want to live with their own desires and their own autonomy. Okay. But here's the thing. How house elves want to live is in servitude. House elves want to serve humans. Mm -hmm. That's what they want. So it's fine. (laughs) Everything's fine. (laughs) Granting them autonomy and freedom is not what they want. Yeah, but they should have the autonomy and freedom to be able to serve humans with respect like and not be allowed to be abused and it just it's overlooked but that's what they want (laughs) i think okay that's what they want but that's not what they get and like if you literally look up house elves in the harry potter wiki there's like a few points and one of the like the the third point down besides like physical appearance and like all those sort of like the basic things the most important point that comes up in house elves is mistreatment (laughs) so like (laughs) It's not about saying that 
house elves have to live the way that I think they should live. It's about saying that house elves should be given the the same dignity and respect that is afforded to any sentient, feeling, thinking creature that we interact with as human beings. Okay. And that should be enshrined in how they live. Okay. I think that the way that house elves interpret dignity, respect, kindness, all those things you just said, are completely different from the way that humans interpret those things. And if you're taking the human ideals of freedom, equality, equal treatment, um, respectful treatment, and trying to impose them upon the elves, it's not going to work because we come from such completely different cultures. I think house elves Mm -hmm. operate by fey rules. So um, the fey, fair folk, fairies, they're mysterious, dangerous, they're unpredictable. We don't know what they want why they do the things we do, how they're going to react when we do our things. They're just completely alien creatures to us. They don't play by our rules. And they don't like it when you try to fuck with them. So there's things like, there's a kind of um, fairy, I can't remember the specific name for it, but there's a Harry Potter equivalent to it. That's like, um, I'll clean your house. They come to your house every night and they clean your house. If you leave out some milk for them, they drink the milk. But if you leave out money for them, they're like, fuck you in your house and they trash everything and they turn evil and they haunt you forever. And that doesn't make any sense according to our human logic, but that's just the way that the fairies are. And you can't try and make them behave in a different way. They do, they have their own ways. <laughs> yeah, they can have their own ways. But what I'm saying is they should be able to have the autonomy and freedom to be able to express that this is the way that they like to live. And that mm-hmm. these are the things that wizards and witches should know about interacting with elves so that wizards and witches can go, okay, maybe my elf doesn't want to be paid and maybe they don't want days off, but maybe they do want me to say, oh, nice work with the linen or like you did so well cooking that meal. That was great. Positive affirmation. Or maybe they don't want that. And maybe they do want a day off every now and then. Like maybe elves have different preferences or maybe it's like, I, I don't know. I'm not an elf. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Exactly, like, you're not an elf, and you're yes. trying to force your human rules onto the elves. How you're saying that? No, I'm not. Elves, <laughs> you're saying that elves should be able to define the terms of their service. They should be able to be like, yes. "Oh, I want to get paid, or I want you to be nice to me." But how do you know that elves didn't do that originally? So rewind back to like the beginning of when elves first started serving humans. How do you know? that elves didn't set out their rules to be like, okay, so we're going to serve humans. We're not going to get paid. We're not going to have any time off. We're not going to wear clothes. We have to do everything they say. This is perfect. This is exactly what we want. This is wonderful. I love this system. I have my theories on this, by the way. I have uh, many theories on how house elves came to be in their position as well. Mm -hmm. I don't consider that that was one of the options, but even if it was, that leads me to my second argument. Even though house elves want to be enslaved, it's still mm-hmm. exploitation. Yeah. Because, like, even though, yes, elves may have their own customs and rules and traditions, from a wizarding perspective, it's still exploitation to have these creatures that, as to draw an example from Doctor Who, the Ood, they're born mm-hmm. with their brains in their hands. It's wrong of okay. us as another race to exploit that and use that as a service tool for us because they have that vulnerability innate in them. Okay, here's my response to that. Exploitation as a concept requires that one person be higher than the other. You can't take advantage of somebody that is equal to you. So if the wizards are exploiting the house elves, it implies that the house elves are lesser and they're getting things taken from them but not receiving enough or anything in return. I think that is a fundamental misunderstanding of the relationship between wizards and house elves. <laughs> because anything that assumes that house elves are lesser than wizards isn't... <laughs> I can... Sorry. Sorry. The expression <laughs> on your face. <laughs> anything that assumes that house elves are lesser than humans is arrogant and is not giving them the appropriate respect they deserve. Of course, I don't personally think that house elves are lesser than humans. However, in the context of the wizarding world, lest we forget, 
how selves have to obey the commands of their respective masters. And their masters are always witches and wizards. So you don't see goblins or centaurs or mer people having house elves as slaves. It's just witches and wizards. And I have a lot of theories about that as well. Mm -hmm. I think that it's possible that house elves are the ones that are exploiting wizards. Have you considered this? Let's flip the script. Oh, oh <laughs> no. Hard to do it. <laughs> House elves are arguably more powerful than wizards because they have their own kind of mm -hmm. magic, which is completely unaffected by wizard magic. So if exploitation requires a power balance, how can we be sure that wizards are on the higher side of that scale? Maybe house elves are more powerful than wizards and they're like, isn't this great that we've arranged things in such a way that we can just chill with wizards and it's fine? Okay. Um. How can we detect a power imbalance? Literally mm -hmm. what I've been saying again and again, yeah. that house elves have to be obedient. Their highest law is to their master. They have to follow the commands of their master. And if they don't, they have to beat themselves up. And if they even just act outside of the commands or wishes of their master, they have to beat themselves up. Even, even if house elves do possess powers that wizards don't, which is clear that they do, there's this one determining factor that they have to follow commands of wizards. That puts them at a distinct power imbalance. They are literally slave master. That's literally <laughs> the classifications. But that's only a bad thing if that is a system of law that the wizards have enforced upon the house elves. If the fact that they are enslaved and live their lives in servitude, if that's a system that the house elves have created and put into place because that's what they want to do, then that's fine. Like, let's consider um, Santa and his elves. Step away from Mary Potter for a moment. So if, if Santa is keeping his elves trapped at the North Pole and forcing them to make toys for him, then that's a bad thing and he's exploiting a workforce. If the elves are like, we love Christmas so much that we want to live here, we want to work for Santa and we don't want to get paid, we just want to create magic and joy for all the children on Christmas Day, then that's fine. Then they they just have a good mm -hmm. understanding with Santa. It's not Santa's not exploiting them. They're just that's the way that elves are. We don't know elf rules. Okay, I understand what you're saying. Just from the point of Santa though, there is so much lore around Santa Claus and Christmas and elves that we don't fully know for certain what's going on there. Um, yeah. we're acting like Santa's real, but yeah. <laughs> like for all we know, it could be like, I've never spoken to Santa. We <laughs> Maybe the elves have a union. We don't, <laughs> we don't know. For all we know, um, it could be more like a Willy Wonka situation with the Oompa Loompas where it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I'll give you this cocoa bean and then, and then you can come work for me and do all my work. That's exploitation. He's, he's getting an addicted population to work for him by providing them with their crack. And for all we know, Santa could be doing that to the, the fucking Christmas elves by being like, oh, you love Christmas cheer? Come get all the Christmas cheer you fucking want and work for me 364 days of the year. <laughs> all what could have happened is that Santa was like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed with making toys for all these people. I'm never going to get it done. Christmas is ruined. And then the elves were like, hey, you know what we love doing? Making toys. Let's do it with you. And it's and we can save Christmas together. And Santa's like, I am forever in your debt because I couldn't do Christmas without you. And the elves are like, we're the ones in power here. Okay. And I assume <laughs> this is the same argument you're applying with house elves and wizards again, that like yes. it was an arrangement that came between wizards and house elves. Okay, yep. well, is there any confirmation that that is the history? Like, we don't know. Like, I was trying to look into the history of how did house elves come about and how did they enter wizarding society? I know it has something to do with Helga Hufflepuff, that she brought house elves into Hogwarts, but I don't know if that was just in Hogwarts and that was where it began, or if it was all across wizarding community in Britain. Helga Hufflepuff began the service of house elves at Hogwarts. It was, mm -hmm. They were already in wizarding culture before that. Right, okay. As so, far as I can tell, there is no information on how it began in wizarding society. I have mm -hmm. some theories on where J.K. Rowling got her inspiration from and where how she wrote it into society. Yeah. But we just don't know mm -hmm. where it started historically. I okay. have three hot takes on how house elves 
became a part of wizarding society. So the first option is that house elves were a powerful, wild and free creature as part of the magical world, like any other fantastic Mm -hmm. beast or creature. And wizards, upon discovering that house elves had abilities that wizards did not, so they could operate in and out of places wizards couldn't, um, they could like make really great food and fix things and all this sort of stuff and blast people across the room. Wizards discovered mm-hmm. that house, house elves had, sorry, elves at this point, I guess, had these powers and imperious them into submission so that only wizards were able to use house elves because wizards are wand bearers. And that's why, like I said before, goblins and centaurs, people, other sentient creatures don't have house elves serving them. And so mm-hmm. this sort of, uh, imperious effect over the generations and generations became like an evolutionary part of the house elf biology that they just have to follow the orders of a okay. wizard. Because when you see um, the sort of behaviors of house elves when they try and disobey a command from their master, it's or when they are obeying commands, it's, it's instinctive within them. It seems like they are under the imperious curse. Okay. Um, can I respond to that? Yes. I don't think that's possible because of the way that we know the Imperious Curse works. All wizards would have to Imperio their house elves. Like when new house elves are born, they would have to be casting Imperio on Mm -hmm. them and they would have to maintain that Mm -hmm. spell at all times, 24 hours a day for their entire lives because house, house elves live longer than wizards. No, no. I mean, don't you remember in the fourth book when uh, Barty Crouch Jr. was kept in Barty Crouch's house under the invisibility cloak? He was kept under the Imperious Curse on a regular basis. So Barty Crouch would keep him under the Imperious Curse, like maybe zap him a few times a day. It wasn't like 24-7 following him around, making sure that he's sticking to the curse because he was already so drained. So that was because Barty Crouch had been in Azkaban for ages and was like a depressed, Mm -hmm. broken man. But I'm assuming that because maybe house elves have a different biology and basically because they're physically smaller than wizards as well, that the Imperious Curse would affect them differently. Okay. Well, getting into, like, I don't think that's how the Imperious Curse works, but if it is, I don't believe that wizards were able to enforce any kind of magical enslavement on the house elves because we know that that's not how it works. Wizard magic can't be used to bind house elves. We have multiple examples of this. The best one would be when Voldemort took Creature. When Voldemort took Creature into his cave, where he keeps the Horcrux and forced him to drink the poison, and then left him to die. Creature was able to just fucking leave, because Voldemort had placed all of these enchantments on this cave to make sure it was impossible to get out or in any way via the boat. But Creature just fucking Mm -hmm. left, because his magic doesn't work on house elves. We see that over and over. They can operate wherever they want. They can do whatever they want. No, you're forgetting a few important points. So first of all, Tom Riddle underestimated the abilities of Creature because Creature's highest law is his law to his master. So he was going to get out of that cave because he had to return home. That was the order he'd been given. However, magic still works on house elves because, as we remember, Dumbledore takes the memories from the house elf um, Hokey, which belonged to Hepzibah Smith, so he used a spell to do that. Uh, Hokey also had the effects of a memory charm put on her by Tom Riddle for her to believe that she might have misplaced something into her madam's tea in order to poison her accidentally, and that memory was altered by Tom Riddle so that she thought that she did that. No, that didn't happen. That happened. No, he didn't mess with her memories. No. No, he didn't. He just killed killed Hepzibah, and then, yeah, and then the elf was already old and senile. And all the ministry officials mm-hmm. just assumed that she had accidentally poisoned her mistress. No, I swear Tom Riddle messed with her memory as well. No, I don't think that happened. They just assumed it. Because that was part of the Fact point. Check. It was the arrogance it was the arrogance of the ministry officials in just assuming that the house elf was too stupid to have understood what she was doing. Fact check. I'm Googling it now. Okay, so servant of Hepzibah Smith, Hokey was accused of poisoning her mistress's cocoa. She later remembered putting something into the cocoa that turned out not to be sugar, but a lethal poison. The Ministry of Magic put it off to an accident, given the fact that Hokey was old and probably confused. However, it is very likely that Tom Avalarito poisoned yeah. Smith in order to steal blah, 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 and then magically changed Hokey's memory with a false memory charm to make her look like the guilty party. I don't think so. 
<laughs> it just says it's very likely. I think it's more likely that he just swapped the poison. Uh, evasive. I've provided evidence and you've just okay. denied it. <laughs> All right, fine. I still don't think it's possible for wizards to bind house elves with their magic. All right, well, on to my second theory, shall we? Uh, my second hot take on house elves is that they were eugenically designed as a slave race by wizards for wizards. <laughs> because... <laughs> Wait. Whoa! <laughs> That's fucking out of nowhere! <laughs> um, is it? Think about it. Why do they only follow the commands of wizards? Why? Because they want to! <laughs> or... Okay, so there are different kinds of elves. Like, they're never really explored too much in the books, but it's described that house elves come from, like, the elvish family. So there are other creatures in the magical world that are elves. So my theory is that, Mm -hmm. like, wizards sort of designed this elf creature based from other elves and maybe, I don't know, other sort of species to create a slave race for themselves. (laughs) Thoughts? Why would they do that? They don't need to. That's going to be my next argument, but I'm not going into why would they do that right now. Right now, I'm just looking at how is it that house elves are a part of the wizarding community and that they explicitly only follow the commands of wizards to perfectly. They're like, they, it's okay. like they were designed to be the perfect slave, maybe because they were. Okay, well, I'm going into why, because that's insane. Wizards have magic. Here's the thing. Wizards don't need slaves. They don't need people to clean their houses and cook their food because they can just fucking do it with magic. Thank you. That's my fourth argument. <laughs> what, we shouldn't enslave house elves because okay. wizards can fucking do 90% of the stuff house elves do. Yeah. So that's the thing. They don't need to be enslaving house elves. The only reason that we have house elves around is because house elves fucking want to be here. They want to be doing this stuff. Okay, we'll get... No, just... What's your third theory for how house elves became enslaved? I've honestly forgotten. Because otherwise we're get, I'm going to just... What? No, no, I, I, I think my third theory was like a mixture of one and two. But anyway, basically with those two hot takes on house elves, I can't decide which is worse. The fact that they were designed or the fact mm. that they were found in the wild and oppressed. Designed is definitely worse. That's categorically worse. Here's my hot take on how house elves came to be serving humans. It's a symbiotic relationship and we evolved together. So we have house elves for the same reason that we have house cats, because they domesticated themselves. Okay? So my mm-hmm. theory has a bit more credence to it because we have an actual example of this happening in real <laughs> life. <laughs> Sometime pre or during the Middle Ages, Cats noticed that humans had dry, warm houses full of food. And they're like, hey, that's a pretty good deal. I want to get in on that. So they started living in our barns and our thatched roofs, eating mice and chasing away other pests. And humans were like, hey, this is a pretty good deal. Have some milk or whatever. And that's why we have house cats. I think the Mm -hmm. exact same thing happened with house elves. They developed in the same way. Like, imagine you're an elf in a elfing like way before the middle ages and you're just like elfing around doing your elf business and then you Mm -hmm. notice the wizards are using their magic to set up these awesome mansions and amassing all this wealth and they've got all this food and all these resources and you're like hey that looks like a pretty fucking cushy life so you're like hey wizards do you need an elf in your house and they're like well no not really he's like what if i cleaned out your barn they're like okay i guess you can sleep here if you'll clean out the barn And then the elf's like, hey, instead of just cleaning the barn, I'm going to clean the entire house and the humans will love that. They think that's great because I'm an elf and I love doing lots of work. And so then he goes to all of his elf buddies and he's like, hey, check this out. Look at me. I'm wearing a really sick pillowcase and I've got this cool place I'm living and the humans are there and they're so nice to me. And then all the elves are like, shit, I got to get on that too. And so they all spread into the other wizarding houses. And... (laughs) I think it's like, yeah, I think it's like a status thing. I think elves want to be serving the best families because they like wealth and ostentation and they like mm-hmm. being a part of it. We know that this is part of like elf culture. They like using their magic to keep everything running really smoothly and not be noticed. Like the yeah. house elves at Hogwarts take great pride in the fact that most of the students at Hogwarts don't realize they're even there. They're like, we keep this castle spotless and we 
cook all the food and most people don't even know that we exist and that's fucking awesome that's just the way elves are okay. and that's my theory for how they came to be living with humans interesting theory about the domesticated cats thing i'm just gonna uh pick apart your first sentence where you said that oh my yeah. argument's more valid because i have a real life example lest we forget <laughs> my yeah. two examples are talking about finding a natural creature okay. and using it as a slave are you forgetting the history of slavery danger 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 <laughs> and my second theory is designing something to serve humans which is what we we're using a computer right now. We've literally designed machines and technology to serve us as slaves. And we are going to continue yeah. to do that. And I suppose we've done the same thing with like literally every other animal we've domesticated, like cows and shit. Cows only exist because we need milk and beef. Otherwise they would have gone extinct a long time ago. Mm -hmm. My theories are just as valid because yes, there are real life examples as well. Okay. I will admit that it puts my mind at rest to hear your theories about how house elves and wizards might have evolved together, even though there are certain problematic mm. aspects to your description about him rocking up to his hell friends with his cool pillowcase on. Because <laughs> I just got the image of, like, a slave rocking up to his friends, like, oh, check out these shackles, like, how sick are these? And I work for this family now, and I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's a monstrous. But see, the problem here <laughs> is that the problem here is that we don't have a one-to-one -one analogy because slavery in the muggle world is other humans, and that is inarguably monstrous and horrific. Elves are not humans. They're different. We don't have a one-to-one -one analogy for this. The, the closest we have is Santa. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that... We, we don't have a one-to-one -one analogy, you're right, because we haven't found another species on this planet that has the same sort of intelligence and emotional expression and communication skills as another human being. Like, we have animals that are mm -hmm. smarter than us, but they ain't got thumbs or a voice box, so suck shit. But yeah. in the wizarding world, and where these sort of complications exist, because there are centaurs and merpeople and elves and goblins <laughs> and etc., these are sort of things that they should have been considering anyway. So that's not really yeah. an excuse that we can give them. What I'm saying is, like, the reason that centaurs, for example, or merpeople are not enslaved is because they're not like, fuck, I love working for humans. This is great. This is the best no, no. life I could possibly be living. But house elves are like that. No. no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that why don't centaurs have house elves? Oh, okay. I think because centaurs don't have houses. Checkmate. Can't have a house elf if you don't have a house. Better example. Uh, why don't goblins have house elves? Because goblins, Do we don't goblins know much about goblin society, but goblins, I mean, they have little suits and they work at the bank. I assume they have somewhere to sleep at night. <laughs> like, <laughs> they own the money. They, right? the bank. they literally own the economy. <laughs> like, yeah, they do. <laughs> I assume they're not just like going to sleep in the gutter. Like, I mean, I wouldn't put it past the fucking wizarding community. Oh, this is this is gonna get awful. Maybe it's because goblins are, by many accounts, nasty, selfish creatures, and house elves don't want to work for them. They think they're rude. Ding, ding, ding! You heard it here, folks. Racism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I um. there's there's no way I could have possibly argued this and not been racist. Okay, it was there from the beginning. I had to. Just my fourth argument, which we brought up before. Wizards can do literally 90% of the shit that house elves do. Mm -hmm. So what what does a house yep. elf do in their average day? Okay, They clean the house. They uh, cook for the family or whatever's there. So breakfast, lunch, and mm -hmm. tea. They uh, move heavy items like trunks and like, um, I don't know, chiffer robes and stuff. So that's like the most of their tasks. And then sometimes they'll be asked especially to apparate to a certain place by a wizard. They're yep. like, oh, I can't get into this bank vault. Please apparate in me in there so I can steal money. That's another problematic thing because, of course, the house elf has to follow the command of their master. So house elves can be, by proxy, included in activities that they don't want to be included in purely because their master has asked them to do that, like criminal activity. Well, anyway, like I was saying, Moving heavy objects, cooking, cleaning, that's shit that wizards can do with just regular charm work. Why do they have to 
use elves and work elves to the bone to do the sort of shit that they can do with a fucking wave of their wand. Well, there's my answer. They don't. They don't need to have elves. The only reason they have elves is because the elves want to be here. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the theory of the contented slave? Oh, God. (laughs) Yes, I have. I'm very (laughs) sorry. Yeah. One of the reasons why utilitarianism is garbage (laughs) is because of adapted preferences. So, in other words, sometimes what's good for us is different to the uh, existing preferences and desires that we have. Okay. So, people who cannot achieve Mm -hmm. their desired preferences and goals don't desire these goals. So, for example, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I wanted to grow up to be a princess. But then I learned mm-hmm. that I couldn't do that because I'm not of royal blood. <laughs> so these goals yeah. became unattainable to me and I disregarded them. And so in this scenario, the disappointment and failure can be so damaging that it's preferable to content yourself with the notion that the unattainable goal was not worth seeking in the first place. And thus we get the contented slave who doesn't want freedom. So, example, there's people living in totalitarian countries, so like uh, Kim Jong-un's regime in North Korea, who are happy in their condition because they just convince themselves that I'm not going to be able to escape, so I might as well be happy in living under the regime. And then there's people who live in abusive relationships as well, that like have a sort of contented slave complex. And I'm saying that this is the same sort of thing for house elves. But house elves are able to be free we see that freedom is a punishment for the house elves they hate it that's just buying into my argument <laughs> is it i thought that's it was wrong counter. it's buying into my argument because i'm saying that the slave it's a contented slave because it's a slave that doesn't want freedom that's the, that's the definition mm-hmm. and that's wrong we do want freedom we do want to be able to act on our own decisions and opinions let's just see it's wrong for humans <laughs> Humans want to be free and to act of their own decisions. You don't know that's what elves want. Elves are not humans. They're different. We do. We do. Winky. Okay, Winky the house elf, terrified of heights. She didn't want to go up into the top of that fucking Quidditch um, World Cup stadium, but she had to do it anyway. Yeah. Do you think if she had the choice, so if she wasn't a contented slave, she wouldn't have mm-hmm. gone up to that height? Same with Dobby. I mean, Dobby's always cast as a black sheep because he didn't want to be a slave. He wanted to be paid for his work. But he's still a legitimate example that he didn't want to be serving the Malfoys. Okay, yeah. Winky was afraid of heights and didn't want to go up into the box. But she did it because she wanted to please Mr. Crouch. So that's like, I don't want to go to work, but I do want to have money. So sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do because of a higher want that is accomplished by that unpleasant thing it's not the same as going to work to earn money it's not the same because you're not a slave that was such a bad example of all the things i could have said why did i choose earning money (laughs) of all the fucking things i could have said going to the dentist fuck um it's literally the opposite because i mean you have the choice to not go to the dentist (laughs) you can just not do that and like, yeah, hot tip, I don't. I haven't been to dentist in years because <laughs> I don't want to do it. Exactly. So the difference is that she literally cannot disobey her master's orders without causing herself immense pain or punishment or the possibility of being freed and given clothes. With house elves, the sort of things that we're asking them to do, it's not like when you're at work and it's like, oh, can you stay an extra hour? And you don't want to do it because you want to go home and just relax, but you have to do it because... You want to earn money and you want to stay in your job. It's different for a house elf because your life is working and you're doing hard labor jobs that not that, that other other uh, wizards don't want to do. And mm-hmm. because they f- get physically abused if they don't do them, or if they do do them, or just because they're there. <laughs> I don't have much that I can say to counter the physical abuse. That's pretty obviously wrong. Mm. Physical and emotional abuse. Because literally house elves just aren't seen as having the sort of emotional capacities and opinions as wizards. They're just seen as lesser than by most wizards. Uh, Time for a distraction. Are you familiar with (laughs) the story of the elves and the shoemaker? Yes, I'm very familiar with that story. Okay, I'm going to tell it for our listeners anyway. 
Because I suspect that JK got the inspiration for House Elves from the grim fairy tale called The Elves and the Shoemaker. So mm-hmm. in this fairy tale, there is a poor shoemaker and he's just getting by on the shoes that he makes. Part of the reason why he's only just getting by is because he's a very kind person. He um, gives what little he has to those with less than him. The shoemaker's down to like basically his last couple of pennies and he's bought enough stuff, enough supplies to make one more pair of shoes. And then he's basically going to be destitute. So he mm-hmm. makes, he preps the leather or whatever and he lays it out at night and he's like, I'll finish these shoes in the morning and goes to bed. When he wakes up, the shoes are already made and they're beautiful, wonderful shoes, better than anything he's ever made in his life. So he's like, sick. Um, and he sells them. And, he's, and they sell mm-hmm. for more than what he usually makes. So he's able to buy... Doesn't question it. Yeah, he's just like, oh, great, awesome. Well done. I guess I did it myself. <laughs> so he sells, he sells the shoes. And because they're really good, he sells them to somebody who's more wealthy and they pay more than he usually gets. So he's able to buy stuff for more shoes and he's able to buy food. And um, he also gives some away to some other people. Yeah, and basically the story continues like this. Um, Mm -hmm. he gets a little bit more every time and he's able to get more supplies for shoes. He's also able to continue giving more away because throughout the story, he's constantly giving away money, food and shoes to his neighbors and friends who are more destitute than he is, but he's slowly gaining in wealth and status. And this goes on for a while. And then he's like, okay, I've got to solve the mystery of the self-making shoes. (laughs) So (laughs) nine months later, (laughs) it's, I'm getting the thousand shoes every night. I need to figure out where this is, why this is happening. So he stays awake all night. And while he would usually be sleeping, he sees elves appear and they take all the shoe materials that he's laid out and they make these wonderful shoes and then they leave. And he's like, okay, so these elves have been selflessly working for me all this time. And I've been able to gain so much money and status from it. I have to repay this kindness. So he and his wife spend the day making clothes for the elves. And they make a bunch of fancy little outfits for them that the elves will presumably love. And the next day, Mm -hmm. instead of leaving out materials for shoes, they leave out these presents for the elves. And the elves take the clothes and they leave and they never come back. And the moral of this story is, don't do that. (laughs) The moral of the story is... (laughs) (laughs) when you are interacting when you're interacting with elves you can't know that your intentions are being interpreted the way you intended and you can't know that you're interpreting the actions of others the way they intend because the shoemaker is just like i'm a kind person i always want to do kind things i want to help the people around me and that works great when he's interacting with humans When he's interacting with elves, the elves are like, fuck you for giving me clothes. I don't need your fucking clothes. I was doing this for my own reasons. How dare you give me clothes? And they leave and they never come back. And that's because elves are just different. Elves just, we don't know why they do the things they do. There we go. That's the end of my story about the elf and the shoemaker. I just think that these same lessons can be translated to other house elves in Harry Potter. Yeah. I mean, the, that's, the, the links there are very clear, and I think that that's um, quite a true representation of how JK probably was inspired for the house elves. I just have one point about your discussions on how we should interact with elves, and that is we can't truly get along with, and this, is, this isn't just about the wizarding world, we can't truly get along with people from other worlds and other countries and other nations and other races and other backgrounds unless they can speak for themselves <laughs> because yeah. unless we actually hear it from them and we actually get their side of the story, we can't actually, it's very difficult for us to empathize and for us to truly acknowledge what's going on and like how they view the world and how they understand things. So but the fact that elves have this different culture and these different traditions is fine. But what they should also be allowed to do is to speak for themselves and to communicate with wizards on some sort of platform, on some sort of level, whether it's just one-on-one between elf and master or whether it's there's like an elf representative at the ministry who's like, mm-hmm. hey, I was speaking up for the house elves here in um, Surrey that, you know, uh, this this is happening and please stop. And <laughs> or like, you know, and elves 
they they're so integrated in wizarding society like you said they might have grown up alongside wizards and evolved alongside wizards and they are applicable to the laws of the ministry even if their culture and their traditions are so estranged from wizarding culture and traditions they should understand that this is how wizards work so if they really do care about serving wizards and they really do care about elves as well this is something that elves should be encouraged and enabled to do to actually speak up for themselves and to speak what they need and what they want but they can't do that okay. because elves have no rights and it's very very rare for wizards to give a shit about house elves okay so along that train of thought and on the note of it's rare for wizards to give a shit about house elves let's examine the one witch who did really give a shit about house elves like harry does as well but let's just get into Hermione Granger. Hermione and Granger. And Society for the <laughs> Society for the Promotion of Elfish Welfare. The club that she starts to try and free all house elves. So you're talking about how house elves need to be able to have a voice, they need to be able to say what they want. In the book series, they try that, and Hermione doesn't fucking listen to them. So what happens? But I'm not Hermione. Pretty much every <laughs> I know you're not Hermione, but pretty much every time Hermione interacts with an elf, she's like, don't you want to get paid? Don't you want to have time off? Don't you want to be free? And the elves are like, no, stop it. We don't want these things. You're listening to us. And Hermione just doesn't listen. She goes along trying to impose her will upon the elves and the elves hate it. They end up refusing to speak to her or be around her because she's constantly just trying to push her human agenda on their elf lives. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's what we should do. I'm just saying that it's it's just this weird tension in wizarding society, which has just been overlooked for centuries and centuries. And I feel like it needs to be brought up. And I feel like elves should be allowed to communicate with wizards and say, look, this is the deal. This is what we want. This is what we don't want. And then mm-hmm. we move on from there. I think that would just ease a lot of the tensions. But they don't have that platform. They're not enabled to do that. But they love it. Every time you talk to them, they're like, I love working and I love being enslaved in this house. That's what they keep yeah, saying. Like, but that, that's what they tell us. They don't, but I can't imagine they could say that they love to iron their hands or bash themselves with a lamp or bash themselves against a wall when they fail to comply to their master's order or when they do something outside of their master's will or permission. You don't know. Maybe and that I think the- that... Well, exactly. We don't know. If we could just, like, if they were just allowed to speak about these issues, which they're not, because, like I said, it's rare that wizards give a shit, and the small amount of wizards that do, so we see, which we see in the series are like Hermione, Dumbledore, Harry. Dumbledore just offers to give them wages, and only Dobby says yes. Hermione doesn't really listen to their complaints, and Harry's sort of a little bit ignorant, not really too involved in the SPEW movement. So... There's never really things brought up about how do you feel about having to beat yourself up if you don't comply to your master's orders. And I think that's a very important point about the mistreatment of house elves. We can look, we can talk all we want about how house elves, they don't want to be paid, they don't want time off, they want to work hard. That's fine. That's fine, okay? Do what you want. Live your life. But no creature wants to have to hurt themselves when they disobey an order. That's just not, they don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. I guess I'll concede that point. <laughs> they don't enjoy it. It's literally they're punishing themselves so that the wizard the wizards don't have to do it because that's more work for the wizards. Fuck's mm. sake. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't have the heart to try and argue against that. I probably could, but I just I would rather give up. I'm running out of steam, Jeff. <laughs> Say that we freed all the house elves. That would be shit. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying it that would we be all the house elves. I know, but I made this argument before I knew what your argument was going to be, so (laughs) I just think if all the house elves were freed, it would be awful because all the wizards Mm -hmm. would be fine. They're like, oh yeah, I'll just continue using magic to do everything that I need to get done. But house elves would be homeless, depressed, alcoholic, just really ashamed of their failure and their clothes. It would just suck for them. So I think that's not what we should do. They would be a broken peoples if we freed all house elves. That's not the that's not the end result. The end result, in my opinion, is allowing house elves the ability to speak up about what they don't and do want from wizards. How would you put that system into place? 
it's it'd have to come from bottom up and top down. So we'd have to start with first of all, because you can't reason with a house elf. You can't reason with a contented slave. So you'd have to start with trying to convince the wealthy, aristocratic, old old money wizards that have house elves and abuse house elves that they should actually start to care about their servants. And that would take a long time. And then it would have to be the masters saying to their servants, like, look, this is your chance to communicate with me about what you like and don't like. And there'll be no punishment for what you say. It's is just you freely expressing yourself. And like, that's part of the deal. Like, I think that that's how you have to manage it. Mm. I feel like that just wouldn't work. Yeah, neither. My conclusion is that it's wrong to slave house elves. Morally, it's wrong. I, if I was a wizard, I would not have a house elf. I would feel wrong about it. And that the sort of abuse and mistreatment that they get is wrong. And that it's wrong that they don't have rights. And that their highest law is the law of their master. Because then that means if they have a shitty master that tells them to do terrible things, then they're complicit in that, even if they don't want to be. So that's wrong. That they can't breed without permission from their master. We didn't get into that too much. <laughs> Damn, but that's I fucked. was hoping you wouldn't remember that. <laughs> My... <laughs> One of my primary strategies for getting through this episode has just been glossing over the things you say <laughs> and hoping that you don't go back and make a point of them because it's awful. It's just awful, awful stuff. Yeah, I haven't got anything else to say. I think I've made my point very clear. Yeah. Oh, God. I think that I don't... <laughs> it's so broken. <laughs> I, I, hate oh. I hate everything I've said. <laughs> No, nah, I'm just I'm going to stick to my guns. Um in conclusion, I think that <laughs> enslaving house elves is the only right thing to do. It's ethically fine. There's no problems. If I was a wizard, I would want a billion house elves and I would be nice to them and that's okay. we should respect the elves. <laughs> yep, the end. I've been gem. You're hungover and tired of slavery apologists host <laughs> uh i've been ria the end <laughs> i don't have anything else to say thanks for listening to podcast nine and three quarters this show is written and edited by ria and jam you can send us an email at nine and three quarters podcast at gmail.com or talk to us separately me on our tumblr page podcast nine and three quarters dot com and ria is on her blog prosetintedglasses.com Please feel free to send us theories or ask us questions and bombard us with so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. Our logo art is by Winged Corgi. Find more of her art at wingedcorgi.tumblr.com This week's intro music was Dobby the House Self by John Williams and our outro music was Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. 